Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you back to the program. It's an honor to have you. This is your host with the most hopsy, baby boy. Live and on location. We're on the road again. We are in Vancouver, British Columbia. To be precise, we are in Richmond, British Columbia. Staying by the airport there. And honestly, this episode was probably going to be recorded about an hour and a half ago. Finished up work there, held myself accountable. I headed to the hotel gym. They had a Peloton. I'd never been on a Peloton before. It was actually it was actually quite nice, quite swell. I I'd seen a couple of hotels that had them before, and I always thought they made you sign up and like join some subscription that would just send you emails, fill up your inbox. So I never even tinkered with them, but this one it just caught my eye, and it said. Do you want to try a sample class? Would you like to do a free ride? And I did myself a little 2010 mix-up 30-minute rock ride. It wasn't a rock ride. 2010's music. And it was swell. I really liked it. My sister just got one. I could see why people get them. Definitely a pandemic thing. Took off in the pandemic. I wonder how they're doing these days. Pretty sure Peloton's the brand. It was like, I think it was Sex in the City. Like a character in that like was riding it and had a heart attack and it hurt their stock. Something to think about. But the Peloton was good and I'm, I'm on there. Did a half an hour. I'm fat. And um, not to the eye probably, but like I am huge for myself. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. So trying to do a little bit of uh, weight loss. If you know what I'm saying. I'm, attempt- I'm attempting to maybe trained to run a marathon i'd like to do it i've always said i wanted to do it why not do it at 27 always said 27 i'm not 27 (laughs) 29 but that's good when you forget your age but i feel you might as well do it now i'm in better shape than i will be if i tried to do it in 10 years and anyway so going for that so i've been on a bit of a program wasn't supposed to run today it was raining out anyways so i'm on the peloton it was great, like I said, little 2010s mix-up. Forget the coach's name. He was a nice fellow. He was a good guy. And, uh, yeah, had a good little 30-minute burn there. And then <clears throat> I decided just to get the heart rate at 130. A lot of people say that's a nice little fat-melting zone there. And I'm just going to ride at 130, did an extra half an hour. So I'm sitting there, and I order Uber Eats. Not very well-versed in the Uber Eats. And I don't know what people use, DoorDash, whatever you use. I got Uber Eats. Don't use it too much. can probably count like under 10 times in my life I've probably ever ordered Uber Eats for anything or DoorDash or anything like that. So this is probably like number eight or nine. I ordered it tonight and I ordered it like while I'm on the bike in my last little half an hour, little just slow ride. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I'll just like, you know, I like how you can watch on the map. It comes, you know, you can get, kind of get excited. You see them in the little map zipping around the GPS. It's pretty cool. And so I order it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to time it. It was going to work out. I wanted to just be on the bike for like an hour total. Like right on. I'm going to get off the bike, meet the Uber driver in the lobby. This is going to be perfect. So it said at the time, latest it could arrive was 540. It's like 5 o'clock. I'm kind of wrapping up on the bike. I thought it was going to be like right there. So I'm like, okay, I got 15 minutes uh, till it's, it was like 15 minutes till whatever the heck I just said. It was supposed to arrive, so I'm okay. Rip upstairs, quick shower, all good. Go upstairs, rip a shower. I come down, 
And then I'm just standing outside the front of the hotel. I look down, check on the app, and it says this girl, Ansfa, it's a woman, and she's on a bicycle. And that's nothing crazy. I mean, Vancouver, this is a very normal thing. Big cities, those bike delivery drivers, they're everywhere. But it's piss, it's pissing rain. It's pissing rain. And I ordered ramen. Why would you order ramen to go? You can't be ordering soups to go. There was a time when I never would have done it. And recently I've, I've kind of gone against my principles of no ordering soup to go. But this time I'm going to get delivered. And then now... It's taking a little longer than I wanted it to. Then you find out she's on a bicycle. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's going on for so long. I like called my sister, FaceTimed my sister. Probably had a longer conversation than I've had with my sister on the phone in a very long time. I'm sitting there waiting for her. I'm just watching the map. She's not even moving. She's not going anywhere. And I'm keep wait. I watch the time just keep ticking, keep ticking. It's like an hour. It's over an hour from when it originally said it was going to arrive. And it's ramen. And she's on a bicycle. So not only is it going to be cold, I'm just picturing her taking these turns in the rain, just hard corners. Maybe she like, you know, you catch a red light. You can't like really run a red light on a bicycle as a delivery driver. You kind of got to take it. So maybe she's hitting the brakes hard. Ramen, just tossed. Maybe there's rainwater in my ramen. I don't know. All these things are going through my head. It's tough. And then I start, I've I've never, I've never been one to do this. I contemplated leaving a bad review. Never really reviewed anything other than five stars. If I rate anything online, five stars, boom, you're good. You're in there for a fiver. You got to really do something wrong for me to consider rating. So I'm about to consider like, rating this driver. I look her up. She's got 43 career drives. Started in October of 2023. This being, what is it? August 6th? No, August 6th. November 6th. She's, she's a rook. She could have done 43 trips today. She might have done 43 trips on the way to bringing me my ramen. But I, so I feel bad. So I'm literally about to like cancel the order. Like I want, like this was, I didn't order lunch. So this was like, going to be like a late lunch, like get there at five, maybe like hang out in the hotel, do some things, record this show and then uh, zip off to a restaurant or something later. Or I was debating going to the Canucks game. Ramen kind of ruined that. 7.20 here now in Vancouver, the Canucks... Dropped the puck there at 7. The Oilers were in town. It's kind of a more expensive ticket than I thought. The Canucks are hot. The Canucks are hot. But anyways, this pushed it so back. I wanted to record this and be on with my night. But the, the Uber Eats driver delayed the recording of this episode. Not the last few weeks where there wasn't an episode. It was the Uber Eats driver tonight. Okay? Holding them accountable. So I'm on there. I'm literally messaging like their chat bot being like, can you cancel this? Like, how do you cancel it? There's after a certain point with Uber, you can't just cancel your order. Can't just cancel an order when it's in Bucky's back seat or in the basket of Bucky's bicycle. And then they what? They just have a ramen where they just throw it. They just throw it, probably just like a newspaper boy. They just chuck the ramen at someone on the street. But so finally, I start typing. I hang up for my sister. I'm banging the keys, being like, okay, like cancel this order. I got to go somewhere else. All of a sudden, the GPS is buzzing. I don't know if she got a little bit of an alert or something. Absolutely flying. Absolutely flying. Gets to me. She's in a car. She was in a car. So not only was my food late, I was lied to. I was lied to as a consumer because, you know, yeah, things are late. Oh, she's on a bicycle. Okay, like understandable. She's in a car. And then like I, I, 
I always respect delivery drivers so much because like it's, it's I don't know it's a job I wouldn't want to do so I mean and I do use the service so I'm very respectful to anyone in any position of the service industry and so I'm like I'm not I'm not getting mad at her like I don't know what the hell she was doing or what the fuck she was up to but that's just hilarious that this whole time I'm like sympathizing she's in the rain she's in the rain she's got my robin in the rain and she's trying to get here she's probably nervous she's only 43 trips in she's in the rain and then she pulls up in her car and she just gives me the robin she goes sorry for the wait there was construction i was like what i didn't i guess i was like oh no problem i grabbed it i'm like walking out the elevator i'm like there's construction it's vancouver richmond but vancouver there's always construction what do you mean but I got the ramen. It was actually still pretty hot. It wasn't bad. I like ramen. I don't really know much about it. Probably haven't had too many great bowls of it. I mean, I live in Calgary, Alberta. There's some good spots. I like to think there's some good spots. But I'm in Vancouver. And in Richmond, especially where I'm staying, it's like its own Asian community. Unbelievable food over here. If you're into Asian foods, and I'm, there's a bunch out here. Every Oh, it's unbelievable. And... Access to some pretty good ingredients over here in Vancouver. They're making up. They're making up some. <laughs> they're making up some pretty good stuff. Some pretty good stews and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Vancouver's a, a good city. It's a good time. I wouldn't want to live here. It's very expensive, but it's awesome. It is raining right now. It's raining pretty hard. You don't get the snow, but you do get you, you get that rain, right? You're gonna get a little bit of that rain, and honestly, the clouds. It's very cloudy. I think I would get over that. I think I would get over that quick. But, like, when you're here in the summer, sun's out, you kind of just drive around. You're just, like, laughing. You're like, is this place real? This place is incredible. This place is incredible. I'm here until Thursday night here. Got some work stuff going on. And flew in this morning. It's nice. Calgary to Vancouver. You know, you fly out at 8 a.m. You're going to get into Vancouver at 8, 8.30 a.m. It's only, like, an hour and 20-minute flight or something like that. Probably not even. They never really get off right when they say they're going to get off for that flight. But you always get in there around when you're supposed to get in there. Nice little flight. And then with the time change, you know, you fly out at 8. You get there at 8. You know, you still got the whole work day. You don't really burn a day of travel. I know some sickos probably think that's a bonus. Oh, yeah, burn a day of travel. I don't have to do anything. No. It's nice to get there, get some work done, do some things. So it's Monday night here, 7.30. And um, my flight this morning, This I love flying. The flying on the airport... I'll go on to this more in a moment, but flying in the airport is intriguing to me. God, you just see like, you know, it's just one of those places on earth where you just see every demographic of person in one spot at one time. So like people are like, oh, I like, I like, I like people watching at the airport. Is that weird? I'm like, no, it's not weird. It'd be weird if you didn't like that. You get to see every single kind of, they all got to travel. Everyone travels. doesn't matter what you believe in. You're traveling from the airport. So it was it's just my favorite spot ever. So this morning, I'm on this flight. Flight, again, from Vancouver or Calgary to Vancouver is an absolute joke. It's like an hour and a half. Perfect for me. I love that. So we're on the flight. It's packed. Busy plane. And like, I always laugh. Like a flight, in my eyes, like a flight that's short. It's almost like if I always try to sit in the aisle. But like I would, I don't really, I would never think this way. But like if you're in the window seat and like you're on an hour and 20 minute flight. And you're like getting up and you make the guy in the middle and the guy in the aisle to get up because you got to go to the bathroom. I'm kind of like, man, like, ma'am, whoever you are, man, ma'am, whatever you are. I'm like, um, manage your bladder. I'm disappointed in you. It's an hour and 20 minute flight. 
And now not only do we have to let you out, we have to let you back in. It's always the worst. I fucking, I, I always sit in the aisle and honestly, I don't fly very far. I fly often, but I never take long flights. Like a three hour flight for me is a long time. So <clears throat> not tons of like bathroom, you know, I've, I've never flown to Europe or something like that. So like there, I'm, I'm not talking about flights like that. Like that stuff's going to happen. But like in my eyes, I'm like the whole experience of the airport should be to be as little of an un inconvenience to as many people as possible. That is my entire goal when I'm at the airport. It's yeah. Some things might be um, mismanaged. Some things might be crazy. And I know I've told stories of like kind of losing about baggage and stuff like that. And through my experiences, I think I've grown and I've changed. My ideal experience at the airport for myself is of being as little inconvenience to everyone involved the from the top to the bottom of the airport experience. Everyone involved. I just, I feel like in situations like that, it's like, let's just all do whatever we can to not be a bother. And I find this, some people, it's, it's fascinating to me in a situation like at an airport, it's like they just, that's when they want to make a bother. They're just like, they, so many people have no social awareness. And that's, I guess, like sometimes it's an insult when you say that, but sometimes it's like lack of social awareness. It's like, you don't even feel bad. I feel like I'm a very empathetic person. Like you can just tell right away when someone's like, okay, like this guy's got no clue what's going on. So like, I'm not really paying much mind to how they are berating the front desk lady who's not in charge of the planes being de-iced and the time frames in which that gets executed. So when I see like a, a, a someone berating that person, like, yeah, like a lot of people would be like, oh, what a dickhead and whatnot. Yeah, often like that's would be my first reaction too. Just sort of like a comedic sense in my head. Like I want to be like, oh, look at this fucking dickhead yelling at the yelling at the desk lady like she fucking has a clue what's going on. but empathetically i'm never like in his stance i'm like this guy just doesn't if you're yelling at the fucking lady at the at the desk thinking that she's the one de-icing the plane in a place like canada you don't you're not it's not socially aware enough for me to waste my ne my emotions negatively we're like wasting my energy like just getting riled up on your stupidity so this morning we're on the plane and like, I'm not really paying attention. I've actually gotten kind of good at reading on planes. I used to never be able to read on planes and trying to read more. I'm really trying to read more, trying to make it something I do daily. And sometimes it's hard. So, you know, on a plane, this plane, I wanted to do a little work stuff. I had a little work presentation I had to do later in the day. Wanted to do a little PowerPoint twinkering, but didn't have Wi-Fi even to buy on the plane, so I'm like, whatever, perfect opportunity. Just gonna, just gonna read. So I'm reading the Steve Jobs biography right now. Pretty tight, pretty, pretty good book so far. I'm actually really into it. But uh, so I'm diving into that. I read basically the whole, whole way. I'm sitting right next to a young couple and their like infant child. I think they said it was nine months old. They were sweet on their way to Thailand. Good people. They were good people. And the kid never cried once. Like the parents kept apologizing to me. They were like. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, man, like, honestly, like I, you guys are like, I, I kind of said, Oh man, no worries at all. But to be honest, they were of no nuisance. I couldn't, I never even thought about it. Like I got a three month old nephew and this, this kid was nine months. Like he didn't cry once the whole plane. Like that's beautiful. So, you know, I just was locked into my book. We're going 
And then all of a sudden, you know, there are people going up and going to the bathroom and whatnot. And then all of a sudden I just hear like, everyone return to your seats. Like we're about to land. <laughs> like, you know, a couple minutes later, I'm not really, I'm not looking out the window. Even I have no idea how close we are to the ground. I'm literally just reading. And then all of a sudden I hear it come on the, on the intercom again, everybody, please report to your seats now. And the, the way that the flight attendant said it, it wasn't like there, it was just like a, like a routine prompt that she has to announce like this was like something was happening in the cabin of the plane that she was yelling this down the aisle basically she i look back i'm sitting on like row 35 like i'm like three rows from the very back and when i hear that i'm just kind of laughing i'm reading my book poke my head back and i see like she's strapped in like you know when the flight attendants gear down like i always laugh some airlines like the flight attendants you could be about to touch the runway and like they're still running up and down the aisles like everyone get your belts on i'm like just sit down we're gonna make it but this stance, like, you know, they, they get locked up and that's when you know it's go time. Like, they're actually about to land. And I look up and like, there's this, like, 85-year-old woman just walking up the aisle. And, I, and I'm not really thinking anything. I'm, like, laughing that, she, you know, that was announced. But then literally after the second time it was announced, I look up again and we literally landed. This 85-year-old woman was just standing in the middle of the aisle. She had her hands on both the headrests next to her. And I don't know, like, that would have been pretty good jolt whatever age you were and she was 85 and she just just clawing the seat staring straight back white knuckles she had a she had a covid mask on so this 85 year asian 85 year old asian woman's just dialed in just so it was stoic really just just solid didn't even flinch and like the the, the young couple beside me are kind of losing it being like oh my god like what's going on i'd never seen that i'd never been on a plane where someone just, they're kind of surfing at that point, just surfing, you're in the air, and like, what if you had a harsh landing, I've been on a couple, like, little bouncy landings, like, I, she was a small woman, she would have hit the roof, if there was a little bit of a bounce off that runway, like, I, power to her, some strong legs on that woman, love to know her regimen, because that was, but it was outstanding, but like, the airport is so fascinating to me, it's just, again, you just see all types, all types in one spot. And I mean, everything is so expensive and airports have always been expensive. So we don't even need to get into that discussion. But my love for what an airport truly brings has always been there. And honestly, it's just the amount I'm traveling now, it's growing. I Being at the airport is just comical to me. It's not always like an experience like you want to be at the airport or anything like that, but like my appreciation for like what it provides is, oh, it is just outstanding. Like I, I, I like to think like my girlfriend likes to tell me that I'm impatient at times and I do agree. I really am trying to work on being a little bit more patient. And she always says that like stupid things bother me. Like, I don't know if like is the word intangibles and people might laugh at me being the one saying this, but I have a real respect for people just like doing the right thing. Like just the little things. You know what I mean? Just the tiniest little things. And like at an, at an airport or on, on an airplane, not to dive too much into doing all the little things right, but like one thing that just drives me nuts, and I don't care if I'm impatient or not, I think a lot of people would agree with me on this, is when you're on an airplane and like, you know, plane finally lands, you get to your gate, and that seatbelt sign finally goes off the ding and you just hear those clips and but it's it's not just the clips the clips would enough to make you laugh alone but it's how everyone just stands up 
immediately. Just up. Up they are. Up they are. Like, people just want to grab their, their luggage and get it out of the overhead container immediately. There's nowhere for, like, there's a reason it's up in the overhead container. Because when there's a full flight load of people in there, we need somewhere to store that because there's not room for it all. So, like, we're not all getting off the plane the moment it happens. And the whole moment that seatbelt sign goes off, we all stand up. Everyone's getting up, like, thinking they're getting somewhere quicker. But it's just really just, like, becoming a less efficient process to get off the plane. It's just fascinated me so much. Or, like, just people who, like, I get it, like understandably like there's times when connections are tight and stuff and like they're letting the people that need to go and there are people that like you can see it in their eyes that are truly stressed when they're getting off like you know they're trying to make their connection so yeah they might run down the aisle or budge you and that's totally understandable but you can also just read when there's just someone that just like has no awareness and like they're like oh i'm standing like i'm just gonna walk right now and i maybe that maybe i'm in the wrong thinking that but it's just like one time a couple of months ago i'm on a flight and like i'm grab my little carry-on i always have a usually have a briefcase and like a carry-on that goes in the overhead bin and you know you wait for it goes row by row you know there's not there's if there's 35 rows in the plane there's not 35 doors why are we all standing up we're not just going to immediately exit the plane so just wait your turn. We're all going to get out of here as soon as we can. I get it. Some people's bags aren't directly over them. The flight might be packed. You know, we might have had to put your bag 20 rows up or 20 rows behind you. That's fine. That's fine. But what we don't need to do, again, is just all immediately get up. We're not We're not going anywhere. And the, I, uh, this guy, I, I'm getting. I'm just getting up, like I said, row by row. A couple months ago, row by row, everyone's getting out. It's my, like my row's up. And like as I'm like just trying to get out of my row going to get my bag, like, maybe it's because I'm, like, a younger guy, I don't know, like, maybe people respect elders more, but, like, you know, there's just, like, these three young people just kind of, like, scoot by me, and it's, like, these two girls, they're just, like, scooting by me, like, as I'm trying to get into the aisle, like, it's fine, like, they made it through, but, like, I'm trying to just get out, grab my bag, and get out of there like everyone else, and then, like, the guy is at the rear, I could tell they're, like, in a threesome, not on the plane, but they were traveling as a threesome, if you know what I'm saying, there's three of them. And the, so the guy's in the back and then like, I'm just trying to get into the aisle again. And like, I probably just have a real bitchy fucking, fucking like mean mugging face on. But the guy's like, Oh, like you can go ahead. And like, I, I don't even like, I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was like, Oh, I, I can go ahead. Like, thanks. Like, I just like said it like that. Like I wasn't, didn't add anything else to the situation, but I was like, no shit. Like, yeah, it's my time to go. But it's just, people just drive me nuts. And another like couple couple flights ago, some lady like was rushing out like she had to be somewhere. And I'm thinking again, like, okay, I'm kinda like, okay, like this girl clearly needs to get off this plane. Maybe she has a connection. No worries. Had the vibe that that was the way it was going. And she's like scooching out to get there. She's like budging by people, like barging. And then we get down to the baggage claim, which if you've ever been to the Calgary airport, sometimes you really have to wait for. She's just she's just at the baggage claim before everyone. Like the whole plane emptied out. We were all standing there for ten minutes. And she's just impatiently waiting at the front, like right where the baggage will actually be dropped. And she's just fucking livid, like tapping her finger, tapping her feet. Like, and I'm just like, what are you doing? That sounds so stressful to me. If I was wound up, like, I don't know where she's headed. Maybe, again, maybe she's late for something in the city. And she had an appointment. Maybe she had a luncheon she had to be at. I don't know. But it, I, people are wound up. People get wound up at the airport. 
just some people just again it's all about the avoiding inconveniencing others at all costs at all costs and in canada you know we have so many different cultures and stuff like that again i there's the difference between lack of awareness and social awareness like some people just like might not know the situation there's like cultural barriers that they really might not understand with like and they're again matt i can only imagine me being like a white guy from canada like vice versa they're probably just like can someone shut that guy from canada the fuck up that definitely happens and i understand that but again we can all just really reiterate just the absolute avoiding inconvenience at the airports because I, I've made this analogy to friends before and I've said this time, I probably said this in the show again. It's the airport and a commercial gym. It's the commercial gym that's affordable that has not like a planet fitness. Like I'm talking about good life fitness. That's where I go. Um, people, if you're listening from the States, you might not know what that is, but like, I don't know. I'm comparing it to like an LA fitness, like a good commercial gym. You can do whatever you want there. It's good price. They're everywhere. And, um, yeah, they're just, it's a good gym. But, like, you know, then there's there's those other gyms, you know, that might be a little more intense, people into CrossFit, whatever you're into. Some guys are into, like, you know, big weightlifting and stuff. There's gyms that are, you know, more specific to that. But a commercial gym is a good price, can realistically offer you everything you would ever need to work out. They're pretty busy sometimes. But, again, you get all walks of life into a unit like that. Airports and good life fitness, commercial gyms. That is the real buffer of our society. If you want to just get it, it's a kind of like a science project. It's like watching the, the mice at a lab, just like, you know, just kind of go in there and just see like, okay, like how's, how are we, how are we doing right now? Like, I don't know. That's what'd be like my advice to like older relatives of like yours or mine. Like, it's just like, like what's the youth of today up to? Like, what are people under 40 doing? I'm like, I don't know. Come to good life for the afternoon. Just fucking have a quick look. It ain't great in most stances, but there's some hope out there. Statistically, not a lot of it. But there's hope out there. There's some there's some people that make you be like, okay, maybe not all hope's lost. There's some good there's some good folks out there still. But the yeah, the airport and the commercial gym really make me laugh. I uh I was in I don't even remember, it was probably like two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, I was in Kelowna and I tried to do an episode and I think I might have like I don't know, I might have had like a little I don't know, a little puff of something or something like that. Like I was just like getting in my head and I like recorded like 15 minutes and I was like, I don't like it, deleted it. And usually I'd never do that. Usually I don't even listen to these shows over once, which is probably, I mean, as a, from a broadcasting standpoint, that's not great. But from the show that I want to provide and a show that I think I would want to listen to that I don't see a lot of is just like, you know, whatever, organic, off the cuff. And I don't know, I was just hesitating and deleted it. I don't usually do that. And Made me sad. Made me sad. But I did want to talk about this. This is fucking crazy to me. But this came out probably like I was on a roll there earlier in the month. I had a couple episodes come out. And then <clears throat> I wanted to talk about this. But this is a couple weeks old now. But and I don't know the much truth to it. Because I'm at an age now where, again, grew up with the internet. Um, we've all witnessed the last couple of years with how crazy the news is. So, like, you know, I feel like everyone, if you're, like, again, somewhat, you know, you kind of got your head on your shoulders, you know, you kind of have somewhat of a functioning brain, you're able to quickly wade through, like, okay, like, this is news, and, like, this is, like, something that is easily talked about. 
and is created because it's a story that obviously has to be made because like sometimes I feel like now like news is like okay like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey like who's gonna talk about it we all are like I don't know like certain things like that you could say that about anything it just like has to be said so I just CBC it was a CBC article the one I saw but a lot of my friends in the hockey world were talking a little about this and this is relatable to any sport or any recreational activity to be honest but Hockey Canada has mandated um, basically, I don't even know what age it is to, to be honest, like I scanned over the article. I, don't, I didn't, you don't even, I didn't, this is one of those things like you should always read the article. I, I always make fun of people that like read the headline and talk about it. But this is the gist of what I've understood that's gone on is that they're banning like being like showering without bathing suit on or like basically can't gear down in the shower and be naked. And that's going to be like a rule and people were joking about like how are they going to police that and stuff like yeah that's an easy joke to be made obviously but like how how do you police that like i i just find it made me laugh and it's honestly like to be truthful it's weird it's very odd to me because we're all human beings so you know i can get it at like a certain age you know when you're younger maybe like when you're first like first of all like most people aren't showering in hockey till they're like 12 to 14 years old I think I started showering like 11 or 12, 12, probably full time, but like even 11, like Wee was like an 11, 12 age split. Like we weren't all showering at that age, but to be honest, like you smell like, you smell like ass. Like there's a reason there's showers there. You're sweating a bunch. You're like, I don't like the fact that this has been created to be a weird thing, like a taboo thing. And when this was brought up, you know, it's easy again, like an easy article, an easy content piece for so many people online. Like obviously anyone in the hockey world, like those spit and chicklets guys, any account was that there were stories about it. And I saw TikToks, like guys like joking around wearing full gear in the shower because that's what's mandated by Hockey Canada now. But isn't like, I don't know, putting restrictions on something like bathing Like, you can't be new. Like, just making... I don't even know how to explain it. How to articulate what I'm saying. I'm on why I'm... I feel like I'm using big words today. I don't know why I am. But... They're making, like, just a normal thing be weird. And then I feel like by doing that... Like, I don't know. So they're not always supposed to... uh, So they're supposed to do this till like, they're, what, 18 years old? And then, what, they're going to go to beer league hockey or junior hockey and just gear down and, like, just, okay, we're 18 now, so, like, boys, we're good. We're going to gear down. We're not going to have the urges to do weird things. Like, what? And I get people, there's, and I get it. I get weird things have happened in showers. Terrible things have happened in showers, obviously. But, you know, that doesn't have, like, I showered my whole life through sports, fucking gym locker rooms anywhere commercial gyms and no issues like i get it that there's instances where this stuff happens but when you make it like a blanket where you're protecting every just it's just going to make things it's going to make literally just being a normal human being like it's going to be making being naked weird it makes no sense and then i laugh like you see these like things on social media about it and comments are like Oh, but what, you know, all the things going on with Hockey Canada, you know, I, it makes sense why they're doing this. I'm like, what? These crazy, like, situations that Hockey Canada's got itself into with fucking some players making really dumb decisions somehow 
you know, the organization Hockey Canada took the brunt of it and maybe they didn't handle it properly. I think that's become clear in certain stances for sure. But I, I still laugh at the end of the day, like Hockey Canada is wearing this, not the people that actually did it, which is fucking hilarious and not something I want to dive down to. But I, to re- back to the story that I'm talking about, like, yes, bad things have happened in showers and stuff like that, and those should be handled accordingly. We condemn those. But to make every kid have to wear a bathing suit in the shower after a hockey game, and, like, what if this came in the norm for all sports? Like, it's just, like, you're making just being a human being and, like, having, like, being naked is a normal thing, especially, like, you know, yeah, we live in a world where there's acceptance to anything right now. You know, back then it was like, okay, like, you know, we're all heterosexual males and we're fucking just, you know, we shower and do this. And I don't know if there's like the way that we're accepting to all these different things now is making like we have to make everything weird now. And not that it being accepting to things is, is weird, but this is fucked to me. This is just odd. And again, how are they going to police this? What, is there, like, a fucking, like, parent or a coach going to poke their head in and be like, Hey, fucking Peter, put your pecker away! Peter, put your pecker away! Peter, put your pecker away! Peter! And then you, what, he, he doesn't put it away, he just yells back in, Hey, Polly! Polly, Peter won't poke his pecker away! Polly, Peter won't put his pecker away! Like, and what, do you call up Hockey Canada and they just send the, they just send the fucking feds? They just send the police and you get arrested? What did Tommy do? Tommy had his bird out in the shower again! Yeah, we had Peter and Paul. We had Peter had his pecker out, and we called Polly. But we told Tommy about Peter having his pecker out, but Polly wouldn't call him until he got a hold of Tommy. Like what? That's just like, imagine you got pulled over. Like your hockey coach, you know, you have to tell your dad, like, Dad, come over here. Like, coach wants to talk to me. Your dad's over here, like this motherfucker. I pay him three grand a year to have my son play triple A hockey. And and he's about to cut. He's about to cut him. He's about to cut him. And I got to And I just wait. I did no deposit back on the money I just fucking spent. This kid's gonna fucking cross me an arm and let. And you go over and he's just telling you, no, Peter, we're not cutting your kid. Peter Senior, because he's talking about Peter's son. He goes, no, we're not talking about. We're not talking about your fucking uh, your son's. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about the future of your son's season there, Pete. Scenes, Petey, Pit Pistol. We're talking about how Peter had his pecker out in the locker room again. And then Pete Sr. is going to be like, fuck. I told you to put it away. Like, what's going to happen? I don't like it. It's very weird. And I hope that uh, maybe I'm going to do a little more research for the next episode and see if that's actually something that's really happening. But it's fucking. It's crazy. It's crazy. Hockey's changed a lot. Hockey's changed a lot, but that is fucking asinine to me. I just think it's making like normal human behavior odd. So I don't like it. So yeah. Yeah. But um enough of that. That's weird. That's weird. This is um something to think about too. I'm walking my dog the other day and I live in Calgary. Calgary's like 1.7 million people now, which is crazy to believe. Like I remember not sure when it was, but growing up, I remember when the city was always big and it's been big for a long time, but I remember when it hit a million. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, holy fuck. And now it's at like 1.7 million. Like Calgary's a big city and they do have a really good park system. And one of my favorite parks, Edworthy Park up on the hill, 
I guess I'd say one of my favorite because it's close to my house. Like it's a good park for sure. There's obviously ones that are better, but this one's great. It's close to my house, and it's crazy like how many dogs are out there at a the time. Like sometimes like it's a big park and it's kind of like hilly, so you can be up on like the hill and look down. And it's like an anthill, just all these dogs and their owners just walking around, and you know you always see like the dog walkers, especially like if you work from home or you have the ability to like sneak home, walk the dog quick, make a day, or that's your go-to in the schedule. You know, you see the dog walkers, fuck, any time of day, weekend, whenever. And it just fascinates me. Like, that sounds like hell to me. Like, I have a good behaving dog, and, you know, he's only two. He's still kind of got, like, the wrong way syndrome. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a park and, you know, you might be just walking in, like, a straight line and then coming right back to the car, or, like, you do kind of a loop and you're, like, kind of coming back to where you originally, obviously, parked or started out. And then, you know, the dog just gets the wrong ways and just takes off. Because, you know, there's lots of dogs going around there. So my dog's still getting to figure it all out, but he's very good. And I love going to the dog park. I had dogs growing up, so he's only two. He's figuring it out. But, like, I think about how, like, that not stresses me out, but I feel like, you know, one dog to me, I'm going to walk. Like, that's enough for me to manage. Again, I'm not doing this for work, but, you know, you see the dog walker with 12 dogs, you know, four of them are on leash, pulling them in different directions. They must not be, you know, these are the dogs that aren't, you know, the off-leash guys. They, they've lost their privileges or they just never got them. And then they might have, you know, again, eight to ten dogs just off-leash, ripping around. How do you control all of them? Like, what if my dog was one of the ones you had? Like, I can sometimes, he pisses me off and I have to, like, go in different directions. How, I just, could you imagine a big park like Edworthy Park, and this goes for any city where you have big dog parks, but you know, for the people that know what Edward is like, could you imagine like all the places that they could be running off to? So I've always been like admiring them when I see them. I'm kind of like, whoa, like, wow. Like, oh, there's a dog walker again. Like it's almost like I feel, I feel like it's the airport again. I'm like, don't be, don't inconvenience the dog walker. They got it hard enough. And the other day, like I'm sitting there, I'm just like, okay, my dog usually, especially like, given the time of day but you take him for a walk especially to this edwardy park i'm talking about most off-leash parks like he gets there he's excited he does his initial lap he's sniffing around and then he's going for like a quick shit and you can always tell he starts doing the poo trot i call it the poop trot you can kind of tell when he's like finding his spot to go goes and does his thing and then you know that's fine for me usually that means there's a garbage close by usually you're not in the middle of your walk that's the worst part about dog ownership is having to pick up shit can't believe we just like normalized it i'm glad we're picking it up because it'd be disgusting if there was just shit everywhere the amount of dogs that are around these days in this day and age but it's it's just always been a weird thing to me so throw the shit away that's fine that's an easy way to deal with it but you know a lot of dogs are different some shit at the end some shit in the middle some shit a quarter in it can be at any different some some don't have scheduled shits so all i'm saying is could you imagine they have 12 dogs so what there's, there's got to be imagining on average at least 10 shits so they're picking up 10 shits. Like, what do they put them in their fanny pack? They have their little hoodie pockets. Like, it's a dirty job when you think about it. It's a dirty job. And I'm glad people do it. I have friends that utilize these services. And we need them. And I'm sure, like, you probably make, like, decent coin. Like, I'm sure there's a story. Someone has an Instagram account about the guy that made a lot of money dog walking and now he's teaching you how to do it on instagram and he's selling a course on it on gumroad for 50 dollars a month but again why wouldn't you do it it's personal investment i don't know do you want to start a dog walking business all i'm saying is i'm sure there's people that do it very well 
And but God, that would be crazy. What, just there's shitting everywhere. Like the other day, I literally walked up to the lady. I'm like, what happens if they all start shitting? Like, where do you do? She's like, oh, I throw it out as much as I can. And then she had a fanny pack on. And I was kind of like, mm, don't love that. Don't love that. What do you do? Like, so you have a shit pack. You have a shit fanny pack. And then what? Like, so you dog walks over. You dispose of all the shit bags. I know they're in bags. And, you know, if you're skilled enough, you're not. it's going to be clean. But still, there's shit just in this fanny pack. There's poo, smelly poo particles coming out of the bag. And they're stuck in the fabric of this fanny pack. So after this, do you just like throw it on the on the passenger seat of your car as you drive home after a day's work when you take all these dogs back to their owners? Just shitty poo air going all over the place? I don't know. I'm not a dog walker. But it's something to think about. Folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.